All right, Josh Roloff, everybody. Restoration Now podcast number three. What's up, dude? Jarsonian Institute. Yes. For awesomeness. <laughs> the professor himself. Yeah. Um, we should probably explain what the Jarsonian Institute for Awesomeness is. Well, you're the mastermind behind the name. So Josh, Josh's initials are J-A-R. So sometimes I'd, I call him Jar. And then... We got some joke running about how he was, Josh has a lot of ideas about a lot of things, but one of the ideas that's sort of- No more than the next guy. Manifesting itself right now, working with all these different schools, was to like make um, sort of an academy, um, teaching kids how to, you know, work in the trades, do all kinds of stuff like that. So So I was like, that you should call it the Jarsonian Institute for Awesomeness. And I just thought it was such a great name. It's so bizarre, but if you if you ever want to like branch off, like spin off Restoration Now Global into you know purely academic endeavor, mm. I really think Jarsonian Institute for Awesomeness <laughs> should be. And you're the professor. I like I like how you use the word academic. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna do. Was that uh, Brian Fantana quote from Anchorman? <laughs> I don't know Anchorman at all. They're going to do research on us, you know. <laughs> but 60% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> Gosh. That's a great... If we could hit 60% on our ideas, I think we'd be yeah. billionaires. <laughs> well, what's new, man? So you're, you got a lot going on. Every time I talk to you, you're like, oh, we got another school. I'm like, what? No, what do you mean another school? I don't know how you do all this stuff, but talk to me about all these schools. Yeah, so I think the first school we started working with, and we're still in like beta development phase, which is uh, with Pewter Community Academy, which is an alternative school. We talked about this probably yeah. last time. Yep. And we had students come out to a job site, and that was... Um, a couple weeks ago and we're going to continue to figure out how we can continue to collaborate with that school. And the idea there is that these kids have, or young adults have, um, uh, a lot going against them, like rough home life, um, records. Um, they've, they've been in jail or on their way. And so it's, it's an interesting, um, uh, and that, that's, that's a, a blanket statement. I don't know all their issues and I don't know all their kids' lives, but do you, um, do you know how the school identifies themselves? Like if they were, do they have like a tagline or, you know, they, they would call themselves an alternative school, alternative school, um, instead of like, I, I guess it's not right to, to use like at risk, um, okay. as much now yeah, politically. Right. Um, so they, they don't use that term okay um but they they there's there's kids there that it's kind of their last ditch effort to try and get a high school degree okay a lot of them do work a lot of them um have gotten in trouble for one reason or another have so they, they try got, and have they gotten expelled or just from, i'm sure it's a variety of situations right. okay yeah. um so there so the idea is there's this program within the school they've identified a number of students that want to be entrepreneurial, they want to do something different, 
you know, than just mainstream college or, um, so like Votech or trades is a, is a, is a big option there and a great career. What's Votech? Vocational tech. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so whether it's like automotive or HVAC school or go, go to front range community school and get, uh, steel fabrication, welding. So are they going to front range? I mean, how, how does this school track? I don't know if they partner with front range on anything, but I think all the school systems here can collaborate with front range. So you can just start taking courses as a part of your high school education. So in some, in some cases, yeah, they're, they're just trying to get these, a lot of these students at Pooter community Academy to just wrap up their school year and, and be, be done. Like, so then they can go on and do whatever they want to do in life. So the idea of working with them is to expose them to different trades, um, construction related on a job site. So they're, they're helping a, 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 somebody in need in the community here, no matter how good or bad their life is. Yeah. So we've given them that opportunity to do that. So then they, they, they have that sense of that they're giving back to their own community. And then somebody's re, the recipient is getting that benefit as well, that somebody cares about them. And then in the meantime, we also partnered up with skilled contractors here to work alongside these students. Okay. So then it's not just like, oh, here's a bunch of material and paint and go figure this out. Right. They work with a skilled contractor that has a heart for mentoring and, and teaching. And so they, you know, I think we talked about this before. It's like, like with Adam Winslow and Max that were out on the job site working very closely with a couple of students that were interested in electrical that raised their hand. Yeah, I'm interested. And they left saying, I want to be an electrician. Well, that's awesome because they got to, they were exposed to some, a trade they never knew much about. And, and then it opened up their eyes to like, wow, this, this could be a good career path. Yeah. Um, now that also takes somebody like a, like a special person to work alongside a high schooler and to be patient and to teach them a skill sure. <laughs> like Adam yeah. and Max did. Um, so that's, um, so we want to continue to do that. Um, I call it like holistic care, you know, of like, let's, let's have that mentoring aspect and teach a skill and take care of a community member in need. So that's the dynamic that we're trying to work on with, uh, Peter community Academy. So that's so cool. That situation. And there's, then there's opportunity too, that they're excited about. Like when I am in Honduras in a couple of weeks, I can find projects that these students could potentially help us with, like figuring out, X, Y, or Z issue that we have, like yeah. with, um, like within the wash program, like, like a different water purifier, you know, how can we have these students help us develop something that will work? And then, then their eyes are opened up to something on the other side of the world too. Sure. So there's a, there's a cool collaboration here, both locally and, and internationally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I, I can't think of really a better way to like inspire kids to, to start moving forward than to give them, you know, that kind of purpose and something outside of themselves. Mm. And, you know, we were talking about purpose earlier. People ask you a lot of times, like, why are you doing what you're doing? 
Right. You know? Yeah. And, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's always, you know, I've, it's always a question that, um, you get when you're doing something that's a little bit non-conventional <laughs> understatement. And I, yeah, I've, I've found, um, I think I continually find myself in that world and it doesn't make sense for a lot of people. In fact, it's kind of, I definitely have felt judged by people that I, um, that I wouldn't have expected to, but like, why don't you keep doing what you were doing? That was, you know, like with residential remodeling that could be really successful. And there's, so there was kind of like, you know, people kind of scoff at it. Like there's no, there's not a lot of like financial wealth that comes from this. There's not a lot of, um, uh, I don't know what, what, what you, how do you want to say yeah. it? Um, it's not, it's not like a big, it's not like a great career move. It's not like climbing a ladder. Right. <laughs> um, especially oftentimes you feel like you're in the bottom of a pit, you know? Yeah. And you often are in the bottom of a pit, but I think <laughs> like digging a latrine or something, <laughs> which we'll be doing that in a couple of weeks. I'm excited about that. Digging latrines. Digging latrines. I, I prefer to work in a, in a new latrine versus a used one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would imagine mm-hmm. that would be better. Yeah. Okay. So, but why? Yeah. Uh, that, you know what, but what's been, what's been kind of cool lately is like, flipping that around, the more I've been asked that, I start to ask um, people in this community that are getting involved, or even people we work with overseas, like why they're doing it. Like why, yeah. what's attractive to collaborating with us? Um, another school collaboration is with Preston Middle School with the Engineering Brightness Program. And they're doing some amazing stuff to like teach their kids at Preston Middle School how to use 3d printers how to solder electrical components together to harness solar panels batteries and produce light for developing parts of the world and they're looking to us for like some on the ground in the field uh, expertise or how to bring facts back like hey let's tweak this let's do this differently this would be better and and so we get to work side by side with them. Um, so that our next trip, we will start collaborating, you know, via like Skype call while I'm there with their students at Preston. So there's a, there's a good connection there for them to have, you know, a, a tangible product in use and then how they can improve it and make it better. Just like some further like R and D on, cool. on their product. That's awesome. But they're doing it. It's cool. They're already sending products all over the world, but like, how can we do it better? How can we change the way that the light is shining, you know? And then last night, um, I was working with our intern that I mentioned in the past podcast ocean. He's a 10th grader and he had a booth set up at his school, which is compass community school, collaborative community center or school. I don't know what they call it. Okay. Um, that's over by Whole Foods. So they had like a fair night where parents could come and check out their projects, whether they were doing an independent study or working with um, like pre- like uh, Ocean does with us. And so he had a booth set up. He did everything. He like made slideshows about what he's been doing on the ground and then research. And so I brought him the guts of this solar 
powered light without the 3D printed lantern structure. And I said, hey, I think that we can mess with this a little bit. And so he went and got drills and knives and, and we started cutting up just like a plastic clear water bottle like that litters the world. Everybody gets the disposable ones. And Nicole just happened to have left one in our car from getting off the, the shuttle yesterday, coming back from the airport. And so I had one. It's like, oh, this, a light went on. It's like, let's, let's mess with this while people are here. And, and so he just got after it. And, and then, so we're trying to figure out how can we can like make a little screw on lid that's a LED bulb and then not have to 3D print the main component. And then when you have the water inside the bottle, it'll refract more. And so he's like going to research that and get after it. And over the next couple of weeks before I go to Honduras, so we'll have something to product test. And those bottles are all over the place in the ditches. So, you know, and the idea there is the same thing Preston's trying to do is how do we get kids to, uh, or anybody to have light in their home or little shack, wherever they're living. And, um, especially when it's dark, if you look at the developing, the underdeveloped part of the world in that 1040 window, um, it's, it's dark by six o'clock, six thirty, hmm. um, throughout most of the poorest parts of the world. And so if you have, if you have to read a book, well, that's pretty tough without, you know, huffing kerosene fumes over a little kerosene lantern. So what do you do? I mean... Do you just like hang out in the dark or do you go to sleep? I mean, what? Yeah, it's just dark. I mean, do they have can- <laughs> candles? Well, like kerosene. Kerosene. Kerosene is, is a pretty dirty, inefficient. It's expensive and, and, and the fumes are nasty. Um, so it's not, you know, there's, there's not a lot of, or like, or maybe like a phone light. Yeah. That, that can work. But assuming you have a phone, which a lot of, but, you know, there's a lot of phones out there, even in the poorest places, which is great that they have access to that because you can be educated that way. You can communicate better. Yeah. Um, you may not have a house, but you got a phone. That's awesome. Um, so how do you afford a phone? Uh, <clears throat> these are smartphones too, right? Like they uh, have- Some of them. Okay. Or just like a little flip phone style, you know, or. Because um, they've got pretty good internet, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Most, most places. Like, I mean, is is it free? Like, no, it's, it's not. Um, you, but you buy by the minute. Okay. Most of the time. So you're always, you know, having to watch. So a lot of texting versus phone calls because texts are typically really cheap. Okay. Like when we're a- anywhere I go, I'm, I'm always like prone to pick up the phone to call and nobody answers. They just text you back. Hey, text me. Yeah. It's cheaper. So probably you're not necessarily like doing a lot on the web. I mean, do you see people like surfing the web like people do here which is like un- unlimited bandwidth like podcasts and right youtube and all that um because you think that would start to open up like people are talking about the revolution of bandwidth and yeah the fact that you know you can put out a podcast you can put out a youtube and that that's going to start to change right the world because people are going to ed- educate themselves right while they're walking down the street yep yeah you know say like in the one village we're working in um you you will hear kids phones playing music now i don't know if that's downloaded yeah or if it's streaming i don't know and it's not a it's not a a smartphone as we know them Mm -hmm. they'll still have like music on a phone with like buttons 
So I'm not sure where that's coming from. Oh, that's that's a great thing to. I'll, I'll take note of that when I'm there. Um, and the, and these are kids that like don't have shoes on. Right. Yeah, yeah. that'd be interesting to. <clears throat> it'd be interesting to get Kike and Edgar on the show to like sit down and kind of like dive into more of that stuff. Yes. Because, you know, you you got all these kids over here that are starting to like connect with that community over there and making lanterns. And it's like, I'm sure that's the tip of the iceberg. It's like, what, you know, how else can you collaborate? And, mm-hmm. um, that'd be mm-hmm. interesting to work through some of that. Right. Cause I think it's just, it's just interesting to like, you know, a, a developing country, like we kind of know what it's like, but we really don't at all know mm-hmm. what it's like. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, uh, I think you guys are really good at not just doing like the top down stuff where you like show up and you know you're working with locals on the ground and really like understanding what the needs actually are and right you know yeah and being intentional about each move and and also to not be the the dictator of what we're doing like listening to what they need and what and that, and that's why it's great to have people like Carlos and Anita and, and Kike and Belinda and Edgar and Allie, um, spearheading all this is, yeah, we come to the table with different ideas and they've learned to, you know, deal with all my ideas. And I've learned a lot too, to make sure that I'm not just like this, or, you know, you don't want to come in as like the, the white savior, Yeah, you know, that's, and, and I, and I learn a lot from these guys as they kind of temper some of my ideas I'm like, well, that's not going to really work. And they, you know, you're right. So they, they definitely are the, are leading in, um, what we need to do or how we can come alongside them. Really. That's what it is. It's just coming alongside them and, and to have, um, you know, their, their ideas, but you know, at the same time, like there's connections that we can make here that they don't even know of just because, Say like, uh, well, I showed you, I, I showed you pic- the picture of, um, the, the soap that just got shipped to our house from Dr. Bronner. Yeah. Did I show you that picture. No, it's insane. The amount that, that the Bronner soap company just, just shipped to us. Um, two boxes they FedExed and yeah, here's, here they all are lined out. Wow. That's like $1,400 worth of three ounce bottles. And so then the, the idea is the next move will be, um, yeah, they're the kids made like pyramids out of them. Um, awesome. yeah. So the, that's 436 bottles That's all, of all, you know, natural, they can, people can brush their teeth with it. They can wash their clothes. They can, and not contaminate water sources and it's a concentrate. So that small bottle will go a long way. And then the next time I go, I'll bring it. I want to see if they'll give it to me in bulk. So we can have like a pump station back at the community center. So you have to come and get more, but it's a way for um, the community centers to be able to check in on health issues that we're trying to address in the first place. So they come back and they can refill those bottles. And then maybe if say that doesn't work, then, then maybe we can make solar powered string lights out of those bottles. There you go. You know, like some, you know, like little tiki bar lights, right? Put all those strung up, you know? Because we don't want those just laying around. So it has to come back to something. But that, you know, for an example, like they wouldn't have thought of like, oh, let's collaborate with Dr. Bronner's. But sure. they've spent enough time in the States to know like what Dr. Bronner's is. Yeah. And they're like, wow, they just 
gave you that much, you know? So that's, that's a pretty cool partnership there that, um, I'm, you know, we're pretty, pretty blessed to have. Um, but I think back to your original question that kind of spawned off under these different collaborations with Preston and Pooter Community Academy and, and, and Compass, um, is I then look and ask the same question of why to them. And that's what's inspiring or even to like the, the guys we're working with overseas because they are, they could have visas here in the States and work here or in Costa Rica or whatever. And they have chosen to do what they're doing. And that's a pretty, um, that's even riskier. Yeah. Um, the, the, the climate there is not great with, you know, like politically, Um, it's not a safe place. Um, and if you have an opportunity to leave, then your family thinks it's a great idea for you to go and live some, live and work somewhere else. Sure. Um, so I'm always inspired by them. And so that's what I get excited about is like just being this link to, from, from their needs to, um, the, the resources here. And, and not just resources, but our own needs as a community here to take care of each other. Um, I'm, I'm inspired by um, like Melinda at Pooter Community Academy that's working with these kids to show them a different way, you know? Right. Um, and so that's, that's what's like pretty driving in, in most of this is how do we bridge all these gaps? Yeah. And there's there's probably 10 different reasons they all do it. You know, maybe some of them make good money doing it. Maybe it's just a job. I kind of doubt it. I mean the money, I don't know, but like that it's just a job. That's a pretty, um, tough job, you know, um, but super rewarding. And, um, just to be a part of letting kids have a different story is I think what they're after. Yeah. You know, um, well, I think what I learned, we did that podcast with Zach Mercurio about purpose mm-hmm. and, you know, so interesting to hear him talk about people not really being motivated by money long term. Yeah. You know, and people really, they really suffer when their work, when they're not connecting their work to like the person at the end of whatever product or service or whatever I'm doing. Sure. Um, and that's goes for for profit, you know, and, and his kind of MO is studying, you know, people in like low choice hmm. careers and, you know, like the, there's a plumber that basically said, you know, fixing pipes is, or, or the paycheck is part of why I come to work, but it's not why I want to keep coming to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting to hear like people ask you, why are you doing this? But I think at the same time you could ask them like why do they do what they do right and at the end of the day like no matter what you do there is a person at the end of you know your product or service right that i think you are you're trying to help that person yeah and whether or not you you know i think it's and zach's studies basically say it's like super beneficial for people to like focus on those people at the end of what they're doing the, the who's receiving whatever who's receiving product whatever is or, yeah yeah um and it just like motivates people and when they lose sight of that mm-hmm. it's you know it's really mm-hmm. demoralizing and that's when they feel like purposeless right 
Um, so it's kind of funny when I hear, like, I understand why people ask you, like, why are you, you know, why do you run this nonprofit? And I think you could just turn it right back around to them and be like, why do you sell real estate? You know, I mean, we both like, obviously I could say I sell real estate to make money, but at the end of the day, like Zach would tell me that I'm much more motivated by the people that I'm helping. And when I really sit down and think about it, you know, it sounds kind of like a little bit woo woo. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that is what gets me up in the morning. I mean, yeah, I want to make money and that's part of it. Sure. But it's a hard job. And when you have, you know, first time home buyers that are trying to get into a house and you help them be successful, like it's pretty rewarding. It's much more, it's much more psychologically beneficial for me to have those experiences than it is to just go cash the check. You know, I mean, obviously it's a combination of, of the two, but so for you, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot more like obvious the people that are at the end of what you're doing. I mean, it's, you know, you know, do you understand where I'm yeah. going? Yeah. I mean, I, <clears throat> yeah. Like maybe, saying maybe about, they're just saying like, you're doing it in such a different way. Like you're, you know, you're running a nonprofit, but I don't know. I'm not making any sense. No, no, you are. And, and the, like with Zach, I'd love to sit down with Zach and talk about some of this stuff too. It'd be really um, amusing for him, I'm sure, um, to psychologically unfold <laughs> <laughs> whatever's rattling around up here. The um, I, I listened to somebody the other night. I was at an event and I heard some questions being asked, kind of kind of on like wh- what could you do with your life. I, I didn't. I wasn't there for the whole thing, so I missed the what the actual question was. But I just heard the answer and it was somebody that was, I don't know, 50s, in their 50s. And and the, the, the answer of whatever question it was, was related to their occupation and if they could do something like what, what they wanted to do in their life. And they said, um, I would love to... F- figure out how to do something that I actually liked. It was very simple, you know? And I thought, man, wow, they're, you know, I'm starting to look at my life because I'm, I don't know, however old I am, 40 something. And I'm like, I, I'm a, we're a good bit way through. And this person's another 10, you know, years more and still asking that same question. Yeah. And like you're saying, it's not all about obviously the money, but this person was just like, I just wish I was doing something that I liked. Right. And wow, that's just, I think that's pretty normal out there. I think, I think there's more light being shown on it now, like with what you're talking about and Zach, like pushing into people, especially on that, um, lower paycheck scale. What, what was the term you used? Low choice careers. Low, low choice careers. Yeah. And um, and, and similarly, like, and with what you were saying about like why you do what you do, real estate, St- um, Steve Ballmer, who's, who's one of our board members, you know, who came back on the board recently after being off of it for 10 plus years, you know, he said, I love what I do. I love obviously, you know, there's making money side of it. I love helping a homeowner. And, and then he was like, I love being able to give back 
to, to have the opportunity. I, I'm, I'm, I want to sell homes. I want to sell more homes so I can give that much per closing, you know, to the organization. Right. And it's such a like powerful, um, thing to have people around you that think that way, that are, it drives me more. And I hope the rest of our organization more that there's people that are thinking that way. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that, um, another, another guy I met recently, he's, um, we were talking about his career. I won't mention what it was in case he's like listening to this, but, um, he, some related fields to help on the community development side. And he was asking me a lot of questions about a lot of the stuff. Like, how'd you get into this? What do you, how'd you do it? What, what are, what do you do exactly? Trying to figure all that out. And he stopped me and he goes, I've been doing what I'm doing for 30 years. And I've never thought about how I could use it to help in another community like this. He's like, this is awesome. I want to, it's like, what, what, what goes on in society that we're not pushing each other, you know, or encouraging or presenting these different ideas. And I think that that is a massive part of my why, if I stop and think about it, the more people I see come around this, that make this an organization, more of an organism than an organization. That's what's inspiring. It's not, has really nothing to do with like what I'm actually doing is how we're making these links and, and giving people the opportunity. We've talked about this plenty, but letting those lights go on for people like, wow, I could, I could serve here in my backyard or I could potentially use my talents, um, overseas. Yeah. And, um, sometimes I look at it cynically, like I just want to Robin hood these resources. I'm sick of seeing people in need and, and I, I do go down that track often. Like, how can I just like manipulate people and Robin hood their resources to take care of these vulnerable lives? And, and then I have people, you know, come to me with like, Hey, I'd love to build a serve in X, Y, and Z capacity or donate money or whatever. And then I have to realize that I probably shouldn't look at it as the Robin hood character. Well, it's kind of like negatively. I mean, wise, it's you yes, know? you run a nonprofit, but essentially, like people that your donors are, you're providing a service for your donors. Mm-hmm. You know, they're giving you money, and you are helping them. I mean, how would you how would you kind of frame that? Like, what what service are you providing for your donors? Um, so let's let's say something um, recent, like like the like the soap donation. Right. Yeah. Um, Eric Bronner is in St. Louis. He's a silent owner. He's an attorney. He doesn't have, he's just, a, he's an owner of Dr. Bronner's, but he's not like in their office in California. And some of his emails corresponding with us have been like, wow, this is awesome that I get to participate in this project. And, um, you know, he emailed something funny the other day when my kids had made that tower that I showed you the picture of this massive tower of Dr. Bronner's like, yeah. awesome. Another amazing use of our product, you know, <laughs> yeah. and he just has this, you know, lightheartedness about him. But, um, yeah, just even that, like those connections that allow people to, 
I don't know how many people have asked him to ship products like that overseas. I have no idea, but he felt inclined and wants to be partnered in this and partner his company in this. Yeah. It's almost like you are like, if we distill it down to the most basic level humanly possible, it's like you are the service that you providing is are showing people like how to help and where to help. You know what I mean? Yes. Like how to use their resources, where to use them. It's because everybody at the end of the day, that's what they're getting from you is you're helping them say you're, you're helping them whether it's money or their time. You're basically saying, here's the needs and we're going to help you, um, use your talents and resources, you know, to make the world a better place to help individuals. And it's funny, like people don't really know how to do that. Or where, yeah, where do you start? Yeah, where's the best place? Like, I mean, we spent I have years these... trying to start. Right. You know that. I mean, we spent long, I mean, long before we started Restoration Now in 2005, we were like, where do you start? There's so many, there's so many needs. Crazy complex problems, like a lot of things that people do don't help, you know? People try to help it gets all worse. the time, yeah. and you can make things worse. And Right. So that's a... Uh, that's an interesting way to, and I think a lot of it is just being vulnerable and yourself and just diving in to something, right? Whether it's like, go do, go volunteer at boys and girls club. You know, if you've got a few hours on a whatever Wednesday, yeah, there's stuff just right. It's just a matter of just taking that risk or carving out the time to do it. Um, and then just learning from other people in the process, you know, and, um, just taking, I remember before I took my, the very first time I traveled to Africa, I went to central African Republic and it, it wasn't like the strongest fit, but I had an invitation to go and work on this, on a water project. And there was a lot of testing that needed to be done. I wasn't doing the drilling myself. I mean, there's locals that they've hired to do, and start a company doing it. But I remember talking to my brother about it. Um, and I said, hey, what, what do you think about this? This is not a, exactly what I see doing long-term. But he's like, if you have the opportunity to go and you have the resources to do it, somehow scrap it together, do it. Like, it, it's not going to hurt anything. And the things that I learned from uh, this guy, Jim Hawking over there, um, just the way that he did things with their water and their agricultural program, but also how they were setting up businesses within it and employing locals completely changed my mentality on how things could and probably should be done. And I haven't been back over there to work with them, but I've used a lot of those, those, um, moments spending time there, um, and learning from that culture, learning from how things were being done in today, like what we're doing, whether it's here in Colorado or, overseas and so but it was just taking that it was my brother saying just just do it get get off your rear and and go check it out and i spent two weeks over there and um it was amazing to just learn from other people and and i i don't think that that's um the norm in our mindset just to just to go and you know do something obviously i have like a very supportive wife to to encourage that and, um, 
the flexibility. But I, I think it also comes down to, and this is a whole nother thing within our society is time, you know, what we put our time into. And I think our generations value time more than a big paycheck as we learned from our past right. experiences with, um, and, and so we value our time and we, and we carve out what we want to spend time on. And so that's an opportunity there. Like if people are wanting to get involved in something, then we, we take time for what's important. You know, we take, take inventory of like, just, just look in your garage, you know, you are what's in your garage. I think Scott Lowe <laughs> oh, no. said to me one time, you know? Yeah. There's like, don't ever look in my garage. <laughs> and we, we value our adventures and our leisure. And, um, and I think that that's like one thing I try and incorporate with what we're doing. I mean, some of the adventure side of the community development, I'm trying to, cause I love adventure too. So like, okay, we can build a mountain bike business to bring clean water. Pura Vida is the name of the company. Yeah. Clean living. That's awesome. And uh, don't correct me on my Spanish. Spanglish. <laughs> and so I love, I love to, you know, whore myself to the mountains whenever I can or do whatever I can leisure or adventure wise. So I've tried to craft some of these, not, I didn't, it's not very hard to do. You start looking around at all these trails and these villages. You're like, this would be awesome to be mountain biking on. Yeah. What if we incorporated a clean water sanitation program with a mountain bike? And these guys were like, yes, we wanted, we've been thinking about a mountain bike program with our youth for like mentoring. And there's people that can in the cities that can't afford some adventure like that. And if we set it up right, then it could bring some income. Yeah. So, you know, I was talking to Ryan Hughes today and he's like, I want to come on that trip. I want to, I'll bring some of my friends. They'd love it. He's like, they're a bunch of single guys that don't have any family ties. They've got a ton of money. They love to ride. We need to start bringing them on this trip. Yeah. And they're doing something amazing in the meantime. So you're taking a bike down there. Yeah. And, and, uh, Blair Kilgallen's coming with me. He's always up for a good adventure. Yeah. So we're trying to bring a couple bikes when we come. Okay. And, uh, so what are you going to do to leave? We'll leave them down there. Okay. And then like, how's the business? Is that, that's purely basically to like seed, seed bikes to start, start that business. Yeah. We need like a fleet I'd say of like six bikes. Okay. So that they can do just stuff right around the community with, with youth. Um, cause it's a, it's a big barrier of entry for these guys, like to take kids that are coming to the community center out on a bike ride, you know, bikes, good bikes or good functioning bikes are not cheap. Okay. And so what we can bring down is really nice, is a really nice bike and they're nothing fancy. It's kind of like the best bike 10, 15 years ago. We don't want hydraulic disc brakes. We want cable mechanized everything hard tails so we don't have rear suspensions to, to maintenance. Okay. And, and basically just for people that maybe haven't listened to past podcasts, Kike then Edgar and all your contacts in Honduras, basically their MO is they're going to start pouring into these kids' lives. Correct. 
Similarly, honestly, to like what some of these teachers and directors are doing here. It's yeah, the same exact role. Yeah, like how do totally. these kids have a, have a better future? That's really cool to think about it that way. It's the exact, they are the identical. Melinda is doing the exact same thing that like, that these guys are doing in Honduras. These guys and women are doing in Honduras. Yeah. They are the same like guide to these youth's lives. Yep. And they're using like here, it sounds like she's using more. I mean, maybe some of these kids are kind of in different <clears throat> places, but she's using vocation to Correct. kind of connect with kids and to inspire them and give them right. purpose. And, and over there, they're going to be using wilderness ministry kind of stuff, rock climbing, mountain biking, and then the maybe skate with, park. And then maybe with some of these businesses as well, like inspired that kind of. So that, that community center with Kike and Edgar, the urban one in Siwa is, has a lot of facets. So there needs to be an economy coming in there. So like they have this big soccer court that people can come in and rent in the, at night it's all lit. So the idea is there can be some money coming in there. If nothing else, then just keep the lights on. Hmm. <laughs> hopefully longer than the game lasts. And so, but it's all those things, climbing, mountain biking, getting youth in there, getting them to come in and they can climb for an hour if they do their homework for an hour. Change that paradigm of just third grade as as far as you're going to go because you've got better opportunities, you know, just like joining a gang or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the idea is to get them in there Similarly to the schools here, this vocation training, there's an, a, a pretty good sized square footage carved out. And this is one thing we'll be working on there. I extended my trip another day or so just to work on this with them is they will have a wood shop, a metal shop, and we're looking at getting a 3d printer so we can do some of this lantern work there as well. So similar to here, it's like teaching a, teaching a vocational skill that will give them maybe an edge with, with a new job or starting their own fabrication or building furniture, whatever it is. It's a way for these guys to build into these kids lives, but also teach them a skill. And they have, they have a steel fabricator friend that's going to help run it. And so there's some highly skilled guys working alongside them at the community center. That's awesome. So there's, there's a really awesome connection there. Um, so that's, you know, once again, like a, the, the collaboration, like if we can have these youth working side by side on projects or at least communicating with each other. So do, do, does Kike and Edgar, do they have like day jobs or how do they, how are they surviving? Are they raising money like nonprofit style or what are they doing? Um, Kike is funded by a few sources. I know that there's, a church here or a collaboration of churches here mm. keep using the word collaboration, but it seems to be kind of the, I think I've used that word more in the last <laughs> month than I have an entire life. Um, he, he does get funding through some, some other organizations. Okay. So um, he's, he's able to do this full time. Yeah. Pretty work, lean work for these kids. But, yeah. Yeah. And, um, Edgar, I, if he listens to this, he might correct me, but, um, he, I think most of his source of income is through marketing. He has a marketing company. He's okay. done 
marketing in Honduras. And then he also is an employee of uh, Global 7, which is a company here that John Hoppin is a part of. Right. Okay. So he does marketing with them. He's oh, done cool. some work with Fresh out of St. Louis. Oh, cool. I've actually looked at um, Global 7 to do our, some marketing for yep. us. Because I just I was like looking on the story brand website for marketing and I yeah like for I looked up four columns I see Hoppin's face I was like what yeah. I think the mothership is in so, the spring that's a, that's awesome to know if I if I work with those guys yeah that, that's Edgar that's Edgar that's Edgar and then I think he might have another guy somewhere else in the world doing like I don't know like in India or I, I don't know I'd have to ask John exactly but he tries people that he knows throughout the world. He tries to bring employment that way. Yeah. Edgar's, he built up the whole website for Ross Houck's, um, off-road adventure company. Like he Did rents he really? out those razors, uh, off-road vehicles, yeah. you know, the side by sides. Yeah. Yeah. So, Edgar's done that. I saw that website. It was yeah. Awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. He did that. He did all that. Oh yep. God. That's all done through global seven. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's, so there's a mix. They're pretty, you know, they're pretty scrappy on, cause there's not a lot of, um, donation based, uh, nonprofit work in most parts of the world. Like there's no, there's no tax in, incentive set up. Right. Um, so people that do contribute and give to, um, nonprofit style work, it's, they're not getting any type of a, say somebody wanted to help fund the community center in Honduras and you're a Honduran, you're just doing it out of the goodness of your heart. There's no, oh, I can write this on my, you know, deduction at the end of the year. Huh. No. I'm not even sure if there is a 501c3 type status yeah. in country. So there's, there, there's got to be something, something similar. Yeah. But well, that's not like here. Interesting. It's a beautiful website. I mean, all both the, the sites that you mentioned, I've I've been to, and they're, you know, you sometimes some sites you go to, and you're just like, that's a mate. It's beautiful, right? So that's really cool. He does apparently he does pretty impressive work. Yeah, he um, did a lot of video production for us alongside Brett. Okay. In St. Louis through Fresh. Yeah, he did. Cool. Um, we need to put some of those links up on our website. Yeah. So we'll we'll be doing some more video shooting while while I'm there in a couple of weeks, and we should do a podcast via Skype or Skype. whatever. Yep. Yeah, I would love to hear from those. Just like get to know those guys more because I don't hear you say their names all the time. And they're they're both married. Yeah. And Edgar is a little baby. Okay. Um, and uh, I think she's a year or no, not quite a year. Okay. Getting close. Cool nine months or something. Nice. So I'll spend five or six, six days with them. Okay. That's awesome, man. Super inspiring to just know that those guys who are down there doing that work and just that they're, they're locals. They know like this is what's needed. Right. You know, it's not like we're just going down saying we want to do some good and let's, let's try this and see if it works. And it's inspiring to know that like, when you're supporting Restoration Now Global, you know, you're basically taking resources from up here, sending them down there, and they're being implemented in the most efficient and useful way possible. Yeah. 
And I think a lot of times you don't know that about a nonprofit that you, I don't know. Yeah, know where it's going, you know? And I I think that we we observed that a lot when we were um, living where that typhoon hit, just seeing the, oh my gosh, the layers of bureaucracy, but also just the, the waste. I mean, not that they weren't doing good at the same time, but like I went to one NGO and I, I asked if I could buy, if I could buy a Toyota Hilux off of them. It was like, you have like 30 My brand gosh. new, just sitting. And I drove by it every day and they never moved. They were covered in dust. You knew they had never moved. Wow. And they were about ready to move on to another disaster. And they're like, sorry, we can't. I'm like, well, I could use this. I'm only here for a year. And uh, I thought for sure I'd be able to go down there and buy something off of an, like the Red Cross or anybody. No, it doesn't work that way. Huh. Um, Red Cross, though, they, they were dialed in. They would ship theirs all over the world. Um, they're big 70 series Land Cruisers. Most of them had like Dubai plates. So they were, they were shuffling them all over. Interesting. Um, but... Yeah, um, back to what you were talking about with, um, I, th- I thought about this when we were talking about the Four Collins 4x4 off-road company that uh, Edgar helped do that site. That's, um, we're working with um, Four Collins 4x4 right now on a fundraising campaign. So if anybody needs work done on their car, we've raised... 250 out of a thousand dollars needed and there's a direct link there automobile wise um to help fix a bunch of stuff on kike's land cruiser that it works for everyday use but the places that we're going to be working when i'm there on this on this wash program and and bike tour you have to have four-wheel drive in most of these places and his four-wheel drive transfer cases out and like the springs on it are shot so I was talking to him one day and he's like, yeah, I need to get this fixed before you get here. And I was like, well, let me see if I can help. And so Ross, who has a heart for this stuff um, and has helped out in a lot of other ways with us, he's doing this fundraiser to help bring in money to help fix this Land Cruiser. Nice. Yeah. And he's working alongside to some of this mentoring to have kids in his shop or youth, young adults to just expose them to like mechanic work to see if they would want to get into this as a career. That's awesome. So they're, um, they're really behind a lot of this. Yeah. It's such a great shop. I've been taking my, my cars there and it's called Fort Collins four by four, but they do, they work on any, any kind of car and, uh, just, I don't know the way that things have been explained and the fact how many times I've taken my car in there and like, they just look at it tell me it's okay, no charge, get you out the door. Um, I don't know. It's just really nice to have a mechanic that you trust and they do really good work. And obviously they're backing you guys and doing some pretty impressive things. And um, they're on North College, on the west side of North College, like just south of King Supers. Um, You should definitely check them out. We should go rent one of those. Razors. Ran a razor. That'd be fun. I've never been on one of those. I think I'd probably make some bad decisions. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> For sure. He probably wouldn't let us rent one. I don't know. We could talk him into it. It's probably good insurance on it. What else, buddy? 
yeah, well, no, I, I appreciate you just talking through this stuff. It's always, it's always inspiring to like know that you're interested in it. You've got a lot going on in life and you're in this community and yeah. Yeah. Thanks for just diving into what we're doing. Of course, man. It's fun to talk. It's fun to talk through it. There's so many moving pieces and, um, sometimes it's good to like really sit down and like talk through all the details cause you've always got so much in the works and, um, this helps me like understand better what you're doing and that's really cool. Um, yeah, it you know, you feels like it's like a lot of these links are being solidified more Yeah, through a lot of these, you know, different schools and different ideas, like all gelling together. And I, I, I'm really bad about, um, reporting it. So this helps me even just think yeah. about it or like, or to like, uh, do newsletters or whatever. I just don't, I'm not geared that way. I don't, I'll send stuff to Morgan Benton, who's a volunteer helps with some social media and she's always bugging me for more. And I just don't, I don't think that way. I I'm really bad about, um, social media in general, Okay, but I just don't. Um, so we need to spend some time. In fact, Nicole and I are going to work on that a lot in the next few hours. We're going to be in Adam Winslow's RV for, I don't know how many hours, 16, 17, going to Yosemite. Yeah. So we'll have a lot of time in the car to work on that. Probably it's good to get us away from town to actually get some of this stuff done. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I do want to mention too, like as far like if people are listening to this and they're, they think it's cool what you're doing, especially so much of the work with kids here in Fort Collins and tying them to ki- them in with kids in Honduras. I just think like every time we talk about that, I'm just like, that's so cool. Hmm. I can't even wrap my head around it. But anyway, um, you know, one-time donations are awesome, but like the most important thing to keep restoration now global going is like ongoing monthly donations. Yeah. Yeah. Sustainable, like long-term. Yeah. I don't know if sustainable is right. What's the, just, well, it's just, yeah, that, that's what's, that's what's going to keep you guys going long-term is knowing like being able to have um, reoccurring income that you can rely on is, is absolutely huge. So just encourage people if, uh, you know, they're thinking about giving one time to maybe consider giving monthly be super cool. Yeah. Cause a lot of, you know, a lot of the things that are going on, it's not like a sellable quote unquote tangible product. We're very like, as we look at adding staff, whether it's grant writers or adding people here, on the ground doing a lot of the local work, um, bringing volunteers that are just, um, volunteer staff into a part-time paid or full-time paid where that it makes it very personnel heavy, yeah. which is what a lot of this is. It's a lot of just being out there on the ground doing the work. And so, yeah, the long-term monthly donations is, is what keeps the whole thing on the tracks. Yeah. And we're, yeah, we're hanging on. Awesome, man. Well, next week, when you guys get back from Yosemite, let's have, uh, Sarah from, is it Sarah? Pooter community Academy. Oh, Melinda. Yeah. Melinda. Yeah. Okay. Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. Whoever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then when you get down to Honduras, we'll definitely do the Skype thing and everybody can meet those guys and kind of hear a little bit more about what they're doing and how people can help and, yeah. Awesome. 
Thanks, RJ. Yeah, dude. Good times. Keep on rocking.